neck deep in Meseches uh, Yivamas. Okay, so here we go. Today's daf is daf yud, and we pick up from. We're just wrapping up a sugya. We're two lines from the bottom for a safra matar game. Let's remind ourselves what we're trying to accomplish because this is going to consistently be the approach that um, it, it, this is going to consistently be. Yeah, the the approach we're trying to take throughout today's daf, and that is. Is there a 16th case that could have been listed in the Mishnah? Remember, we said, oh, why 15? Why not 16? What about the case of Anusas Aviv? What about the case of the woman who your father violated? Why can't that be the 16th case? We tried saying it's a machlaikas. Levi tried saying that, to which his Rebbe responded, what were you thinking? How can you even, uh, you know, uh, how can you even uh, uh, say such a thing? And now what we're wrapping up is a statement of Rabbi Chia from the Mishnah in the beginning of the third parak of Yavamas. On Aleph, the Mishnah had said a statement that there's going to be women, there's going to be scenarios where Hasura Lezeh Muteres Vasura where you're going to have two women who fall to two brothers, and the woman that is permitted to one brother is going to be forbidden to the other brother. And the woman permitted to the other brother is forbidden to this brother. What was that case? So, for example, if you have the, the brother number three was married to two women. And these two women both happen to be mother-in-laws of the two other brothers. So, remember, we had a case of a mother-in-law. We had that case in the Mishnah, right? Your mother-in-law falls to you in Ibn. That we understood. The Mishnah, the beginning of the third paragraph, gives us an interesting situation where you have three brothers. Brother number three dies childless, and it happens to be that he had two wives. Wife number one was Reuven's mother-in-law. Wife number two was Shimon's mother-in-law. Okay? So... Wife number one is forbidden to Reuven, but permitted to Shimon. And wife number two, her tzara, is permitted to Shimon, but uh, is, is, uh, f- yeah, is forbidden to Shimon, but permitted to Reuven. Regular case of mother-in-law, except that two brothers have a mother-in-law problem. Now, why does that add anything to the tab? So remember, if two women fall to you in Yibum... And they are both usher, and uh, they're both zokok to you at the same time. It could create a problem if one's in an erva to the other. So here's the last step for the two mother-in-laws. You ready? They're sisters. So Shimon's mother-in-law, listen closely. This is actually not so complicated. This is not so complicated. Just listen good. Shimon's mother-in-law falls to him in Ibum. She should be permitted to Reuven. But here's the problem. Her tzara was Reuven's mother-in-law, and they were sisters. And remember, two sisters that, have z- that are zokuk at the same time, you're not allowed to do yibum. Kapish? Gavaldik. That's, uh, that's the catch over here. And that's the case where Rebchia, that, that, um, we're not up to Rebchia yet, but Rebchia says, the, when the Mishnah says, Asurun Lezem, Utaris Lezem, Asurun Lezem, Utaris Lezem, so we're trying to uh, understand where, his, where he holds 
that uh, statement applies. Here we go. Rav Safra Matagim, Rav Safra explains Rav Chiyah. That the end of the Mishnah Dav Chavav could even be applying to a brother who was not yet born. And you can find a scenario where ultimately you had six brothers, Valiba, the Rav Shimon, and we're following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, okay? Who, again, the machlekas between Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon was when you have two women who are zokok to you at the same time, but they are Arias, Vesimanech, and the way to remember this situation is Mace Nailat Vivim, Mace Nailat Vivim. First, one brother dies childless, then the next brother is born. And then there's a Yibam. And then the same thing happens again and again and again and again. Since um, Rav Chia mentioned this case as being in the Mishnah, here's how the whole Gemara is going to come full circle. And this is the bottom line we need to know to understand this. This is why we didn't list this case as... Um, th- th- this is why there's no real problem with the 16th case being Anus HaZavit. Because again, what Shaykh is the Nusasav? Why didn't we mention the case of Nusasav? Because we said we're not dealing with any Machlaikas. But one second. According to the way where Rav Safram is explaining Rav Chia's case, our Mishnah does deal with Machlaikas. And therefore, if our Mishnah does deal with Machlaikas, we have a good 16th case of Anusasav. And why in the world did Rabbi Talevi know there can't be a 16th case because it's a Machlaikas? It's not true. We mentioned Machlaikas, to which the Gemara is going to wiggle out and say, Al Rabbi Hani Klali Leslie. Okay. Rabbi didn't agree with the way that Rabbi used all the, uh, you know, explained the end of the mission. Okay, fine. Beseder. Ultimately, again, that whole thing had to do with Rabbi's statement, Abr Lamaisa. Why did we get onto that? Because we're trying to see whether there is a 16th case. Ultimately, we're going to see on today's daf, there is another case. There is going to be a 16th case. And in case anybody wanted more than 15 cases in the Mishnah, there, there are other possibilities. But Rebbe's response as to why Anusa Saviv isn't listed, because the Machlaikas um, right now continues to hold water. Okay. When he was in front of Rav Gana, said the name of Rav. Rabbi agrees with Rav Chia's statement. And this is what Rabbi was telling his Talmud. Rabbi, this is what Rabbi was telling his Talmud Levi when Levi said the sixteenth case should be Anusa Saviv. And he says like this: When a person's mother was was honest uh, by his father. Now remember the only time. A mother clearly is forbidden is if it is in marriage. If it was at a violation, we said maybe their taka is going to be, a per, um, you know, maybe there, there is going to be a case where a son is permitted to the mother. There's no real, uh, there, there, there's no, uh, you don't have the same uh, transgression. But you could find that one particular statement of Rabbi Chia out of the three, doesn't apply to the other two. Okay. Now, um, you need mutaz dasur nazeh. Lost the place. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, so now the Gemara is going to give a case with names. We deal with Ruvain and Shimon. Our Gemara now is going to use some other names, some other uh, beautiful Jewish names. And here we go. I Yaakov shtei achoyos onas. There's a man named Yaakov. Listen to this story. He raped 
two sisters. Achaisa shehiyevimta mishkachasla. So in such a case, achaisa shehiyevimta mishkachasla. You could have a case where the 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 co-wife of your yavam is also the sister. Okay, so Yaakov had rapes two women, two sisters. They each have a child. Okay, now their paternal brother, their paternal brother, marries one of these women. He marries the woman who was father raped, okay? And he dies without any children. So each one of them is falling to their son along with their sister, which is going to be a problem. So this is going to be a classic case of you have her sister, who's also her Yavama. But it won't fit into the statement of She's the one who's permitted to this one is going to be usher to the other one that you're not going to find. Because first of all, one's your mother. Second of all, the other one is your mother's sister. So that's also an Arias. An uncle is allowed to marry a niece. A nephew is not allowed to marry an aunt. So you have two sisters who fall to you. One's your mother out of, who your father violated. And the other one is the sister of your mother. So she's going to have the separate transgression of, of uh, being your mother's sister. Okay. Let's say the father uh, was Ma'anes. He raped two women. And they're not, they're, they're not sisters. Okay. So again, these women now marry the sons, which in a uh, permitted way we'll call it, and their brother dies childless. So one's going to fall as a mother. The other one's going to fall as a random woman. So that makes sense. Azura lezem, uteres lezem. But achaisa shiyevim tolem mishkachasla. You're not going to find a sister who's her yevama. You know why? Because nobody here is a sister. Again, they were two completely, uh, they, they were two completely different, uh, they, they come from different families. So one's going to be in Arias. The other one is not going to be in Arias. And therefore, lemaisa, either way, Rebchia's statement is not going to work out. Uh, in, within the words of the Mishnah, and hence the Mishnah left, uh, the Mishnah didn't include it. To put everything into perspective, let's put it in a nutshell. Again, putting all the Yavama and relationships aside, we listed 15 cases in the Mishnah. Levi asked, why not a 16th case? What case did he want? Anusas Aviv. The answer is because since the Mishnah continues on later and it says oh, all these cases need to be scenarios where Asura Lezem, Utaris Lezem, and these cases don't fit in, Memela, that's why it's not on the, that's the, why not on the list on the 15. So now we are, uh, so now we have one reason why we're not listing that as the 16th case. Here we go. Ravashi Yom Ravashi says, Really, Rebbe did not agree with Rav Chia's whole original statement. And he says that, you know what? Our Mishnah would even give cases of Machlaikas. So why did Rabbi Yehuda say to Rabbi Chia? I'm sorry, why did Rabbi Yehuda say, why did Rabbi say to Levi? Levi. 
uh, what you know, your sixteenth case. It seems to me like you don't have any brain. Yeah, what did he mean by that? This is what he meant. My time By the way, it's Gishmaka Limur. Gishmaka message from this. He's talking to his Talmud. He's talking to his student. He says, since we don't have a brain in the head, what does that mean? I'm telling him he's dumb. He's telling him, you should have looked closer before you asked the question. My time asnisin. Why were, didn't you infer in the Mishnah? You got to be careful before you say something. The Mishnah You're not only forbidden to your father's wife at a marriage, you're also forbidden to any woman who your father violates. There are six arayas that are even more, six forbidden relationships that are even more strict then the fifteen, because they they uh, are they, they need to be married to somebody else, and it's never possible for them to have yibum. Sorry, say And if their husbands die, their their tsaris are always going to be permitted to their brothers. Why? Because yibum never started. Again, remember, there are some times where if the only time the tsara of an arayas is forbidden is if it was included in Yibum originally. If you had a Yibum circumstance, in Aleha circumstance, so that not only is the Yavam who falls to the Arayas who falls to you as a Yavam forbidden, but even the, the uh, Tzara. But let's say Yibum never started. The Tzara of my Arayas is permitted to me. Nachon? My sister-in-law married a random dude. And this random dude had a second wife, who he divorces. I'm permitted to that second wife, I'm not related to her. The only time it's a problem is when Yibam started. So over here where Yibam doesn't start, sorry, say a mutaris. Their tsaris are going to be permitted. Imai ve'ishes, and what are the six cases? Imai ve'ishes aviv, ve'achis aviv, three of them, and then the list goes on. Your mother, the wife of your father, so... Um, uh, this is talking about somebody who's not your mother, but your father Your father married somebody else. Or your aunt. Okay. Now, um, in all these cases, they're going to be usher automatically to any of his brothers. Why? Because how, are, how do all these relations come about? Look at the game. If it's my mother... But Yibam starts through my paternal brother. That means that even if my mother is not my brother's mother, I'll slow down, even if my mother is not my brother's mother, he's still going to be forbidden to her because she obviously had relations with my father. My father's sister, my father's wife, any, any one of these my brothers for sure are going to have the same arayas that I have. Because Yibum only starts through the dead. So if all these relationships are happening through my dad, and that's why they're arayas, we know it's going to consistently apply to every brother. My father's sister's an arayas to me, just like any one of my father's other kids. It's going to happen automatically. You understand? Those are going to be the six cases. Now, my Imai, what's the case of Imai? If you're talking about somebody who married your father, that's your father's wife. So, it must be somebody 
where your father raped. The Katonia, we still learn, Mesha Hinasu is Lacherim. Since they're married to others, so their Tsaris are allowed, Lacherim in, which seems to say that she's mutter to marry the others, Lachin Loi, but she's not allowed to marry any of the brothers. Man Shamasle, the Islai Svara, have you ever heard? It says, uh, says the Talmud to Rabbi Huda, Man Shamasle, the Islai Svara, have you. Uh, have you ever heard who has this opinion? You know who it is? Rabbi Yehuda, the Asar Anusas Aviv. It must be Rabbi Yehuda who said in that Mishnah that it must be Rabbi Yehuda, who's the town of the Mishnah, who, said, who forbids Anusas Aviv. Mishum Hachi Tani And that's why we didn't list it amongst the, case, amongst the 15 cases who are included with Chalitza and Yibam. Because it is strictly the opinion of, of uh, Rabbi Yehuda, and he holds that they would not remove the prohibition, uh, they, I'm sorry, it would not remove the tzara and the tzara tzara from uh, prohibit them in Yibam. According to him, they actually would be permitted because Yibam never started. Hence, we don't mention that as the 16th case. Even according to Yehuda, you can find the case. The Let's say my brother married my mother. Now, remember, my, my mother was raped by my father. So my brother marries my mother. Was he allowed to? No. But is the marriage valid? Yes. Remember earlier we said there's different types of arayas. Some forbidden relationships, the marriage does not even take hold. Other forbidden relationships are arayas, but the marriage takes hold. Let's say my brother married a woman who my father raped, my mother, and then he dies childless. They had a valid marriage. Over the Maisa, there's Yibam that kicks, because there was a valid marriage, now there's Yibam that kicks in. The problem is she's an arayas. Okay, so in such a circumstance, her tsaras and her tsara tsara are also going to become arayas. So says the says the Gemara Kasha. Why don't we list this as the sixteenth case of the Mishnah? Beautiful, Anusa Saviv, Imay Anusav says Gemara the Eli Katani. We don't want to give any e situations, any stories that are only are dependent on an if. We're not mentioning. It has to be clear cut and across the board. Without even saying we don't want to mention ifs, still, I'll find you a case of Imayanusas Aviv that could be listed in our Mishnah. How so? So here we go. Here's the next story Yaakov Onas Kalose. Yaakov rapes his daughter in law. Sainer, are you allowed to marry or have relations with your son's wife? No. So he violates her. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't want to be at this perm party. Okay. And she has a son from her father-in-law. Fine. So now, if you if, remember, her son... Is her husband's half brother through the father? Her husband and her son now share the same father because her fa- her father her husband's father raped her, and she has a son. So now her son and her husband are half brothers through the father. They are technically in a yibum scenario. 
Kapish? So far, so good. Okay. Umeis Reuven v'loibonim. And then, Reuven dies without sons. Now, who's Reuven? So, we're going to assume Reuven is Yaakov's son, her husband. Okay. Vinaflala kamebra. So now, her husband dies. He didn't have sons. She falls, since she's childless. Now, why is she childless? She had a son. But what matters by Yibam? The husband didn't have a son. So Reuven didn't have any kids. Her husband. She only had a son from her father-in-law. Her husband's dying childless. So she has Yibam. Who's she falling to? Her husband's brother. The problem is, who's her husband's brother? Her son. Her husband's paternal brother is her son. Oyvei. Umigu di since she surely is forbidden to her son, Tsarasa Nami Asira, her Tsara should also be Asir. Ask the Gemara, why don't we make this the 16th case of our Mishnah? Where you have somebody who falls to you by Arias, this guy's mother, who was violated by his grandfather, fell to him in Yibam. And not only does he not do Yibam on her, but he, he also does the Yibam on her Tzaras. And her Tzaras Tzara. List that as the 16th case of the Mishnah. Omar Lay. Anybody have an issue with that case? Yeah? Yeah, what's the Tzara? What's the, the Tzara? Yeah, so the, the Tzara in that case would be, let's say Reuven had two wives. Okay, the, the, the husband who died. If he originally had, had, um, had uh, two wives and the father-in-law raped one of them and had, and, I'm so, uh, uh, yeah, and had a son. So Ruve now dies. So the kid who's the half-brother of his father, his mother's falling to him in Ibum along with the tzara. So not only is there Yibam on the mother, but there's no Yibam on the tzara. And if that tzara marries another paternal brother, the tzara tzara as well is not going to fault him. Is the idea of the tzara that it's a relationship with Ruvain's father or with Ruvain's the, the idea of the tzara... Nochamol uh, well, um, Isaac, say that again. This tzara is Ruvain's wife or Ruvain's father's wife? The tzara is Ruvain's wife. Okay. Ruvain, let's say, had two wives. His father raped one of them and had a son with her. So now Ruvain dies childless. His, his first wife, who's the mother, is going to fall to her son and her tsar is going to fall to the son. So he can't do Yibamon either. Seder? Okay. Our Tanya Ramesh is only dealing with um, a type of brother that didn't come about through uh, forbidden relationships. We're not dealing with, the, with, with this, right? In all the other cases, let's say my, if you look at the case of the mission, right? My brother married my mother-in-law. He could do that. My mother-in-law's sister, whatever. He could do that. And what, so if she falls or Tzara falls, what the Gemara's answering is, you're right. This would technically be a case where your Yavama's falling to you and she would potter up her Tzara and her Tzara Tzara. But, 
We're not dealing with scenarios where you have father-in-laws raping daughter-in-laws and then Mamela, all, that, all that's coming out to play. Beautiful. So listen to this. Again, let's keep stock of this whole conversation. What we just explained is why Rebbe told Levi he should have thought before asking. Listen, Levi said, what about the 16th case? And Rebbe says, Levi, where's your brain? What does that mean? He wanted him to think first. What did he want him to think? He wanted him to look at the Mishnah and chop and catch on that all the cases of the Mishnah, all 15, are really in permitted situations. And his 16th case starts from a forbidden situation. You should have noticed that on your own. And that's what the Rebbe is rebuking. The, that's how the Rebbe, the teacher, is rebuking the student. Which, again, there's a beautiful idea here. There's a beautiful idea here. And that is, you have to know Levi's nature and everything, but as much as you have to show love to a student, there's times where as a teacher, you can also mention to them, before you ask a question, you should have looked a little further. Right? You could have done some of your own, you could have, you could have done some of your own research. In the right, you know, obviously it has to be the right age and the right circumstance, the right situation, but there's a message that we're bringing out through Rebbe's sharp response to his expectations of Levi. Love means you also have expectations. Okay? Says the Gemara, Even so, Levi really felt that he did his research, he noticed this, and he still felt that should be included in the mission. Why? The Tony Levi, because Levi learned, when it comes to somebody's mother who falls to Minibum, sometimes, sometimes she's going to pot to her sorrow, Kate said, for example, Let's say his mother was fully married to his father. And then she married her son's brother. Now, obviously, uh, her son's brother. And then her son's brother died. That is a mother who, um, who uh, does not potter up her tzara. Why? Because it was a forbidden marriage. She was married to the father, and then she married her, the, her previous husband's son. You can't do that. The son's not allowed to marry a wife of his father to such a point where it's so forbidden that when he dies, no, Yibum's not even going to start. So since Yibum doesn't start, there's no Yibum on her, but her tzara and her tzara, those type of circumstances are still going to have Yibum because she really wasn't even married. But what happens if his mother was raped by his father? She's never married. So now, so it's a valid marriage now to his paternal brother, and his paternal brother dies without any children. That's not going to be a case where you have a mother, and the mother is going to remove Yibam not only from herself, but also the Levi, however, thought. That let's include this case. Let's include this case. For example, here's a beautiful 16th case. Okay. Here we go. According to Levi, who says that if situations are included, because remember, he wants the if situation of your mother. Why is it if? Because only if your mother was violated by your father is she going to remove um, Tzara and Tzara's Tzara. 
But if she was fully married to your father, she's not going to. So it's like an if situation. Levi says, include if situations, while Rebbe says no. Says the Gemara, one second. According to Levi, who wants to include maybe if circumstances. So listening, why doesn't Levi also ask to include the following case? A person does chalitza on his yavama, and then the chazar he went and married her in a usual fashion. Now, you're not allowed to do that. Because once you don't do yibam, she's now back to being your brother's wife. Right? The, the original arise of being your brother's wife is going to come into play. Okay? Now, and he died without any kids. So she now has Yibum again to the rest of the paternal brothers. Demigudi Asara, since she is Usar to everybody else, why? Brother's wife, the original issue. Her Tsara should also become Usar, and there shouldn't be Yibum or Khalitza. It wouldn't apply to tsaras tsara. Granted, it applies to co-wife. It wouldn't apply to the tsaras of the tsara that far from litzror. We we wouldn't extend this trans. Uh, uh, we wouldn't extend this uh, situation, and therefore it's not listed amongst the fifteen. Because granted, the arayas herself and her tsara would not have yibum merchalitza, but the tsaras tsara would have yibum merchalitza, and that's not the case of our mishnah. Why don't we say that the reason why we don't list uh, you know, this case in the Mishnah is because she's usher by a chay of lav, which, by the way, would create a valid marriage, albeit forbidden. And things that are chay lav and their taka is yibum or chalitza. Okay? If a, if a kayan marries a, a divorcee or something like that, Okay, so as long as the marriage is valid and you die childless, there is going to be a zika, there is going to be a bond that falls into place. Says the Gemara, Ledivarav, Ka'amar Le'Rabichin, was talking to Reish Lakish in his own game, meaning according to his own words. And he says like this, says Rabichin, Lididi, according to my opinion, Chayvei Lavim Heim, it's Chayvei Lavin, and what's the rule? Chayvei Lavim B'nei Chalitza V'yimninu, when the original relationship was a bit, was a lav transgression, so there is there it is in the category of yibum and chalitza, and it's not part of our mishnah. According to you, she according to you, Hitaka holds Reish Lakish holds that even in such a circumstance, there's going to be a chiyuv kares. I'll tell you why we don't include in the mishnah. Okay, not included in saras sara gavaldik. All right. Bottom line is we don't include. That's why we don't include that case of the Mishnah. But remember, we did have a case why Levi would have thought that Imayanus Asaviv would be the 16th case. This is not. Okay. Imar we learn, then he goes and he marries her. He's not Chayav Kareis for taking someone who he did Chalitza on. Interesting. Listen, listen to what happened. This is your brother's wife. She has, there's a chiv kares on her. Except your brother dies childless. So now you have yibam and chalitza. So the original arayas falls off. You do chalitza. Does the original arayas come back? 
Says Reish Lakish, well, I'll tell you, no. It's forbidden, but you're not ushered to her in a way of curries. You're forbidden to her, but it's not curries. She's now your chalutza, as opposed to being your brother's wife. Va'achin, other brothers, chayav and al-chalutza curries. They're going to be chayav curries for taking this lady. Why? Because whoever did not do chalitza on her, now you took your brother's wife. See, for everybody who didn't do chalitza, it's a brother, the, the original, there's a major lumdus over here. The original brother's arias of being your brother's wife remains in place. The only one who things have changed for, his relationship as far as arias is concerned changed with her is the one who actually did chalitza. Now she doesn't have the status of your brother's wife. She has a status of being your chalutza. This is very logical, by the way. It's logical. You know why? Because once you enter Yibum and Chalitza, remember, these two things are a Parsha in and of themselves. Chalitza goes together with Yibum. So if I would have been able to do Yibum, that means there's no curries. Since I would have been able to do Yibum, the fact that I do Chalitza means there's no curries. Yibum and Chalitza go in tandem. So I'm usher to her, because I'm not married, and perhaps... There is an element of a bond where I'm not allowed to take her afterwards. But if I do, my relationship with her changed. As soon as I did chalitza, my relationship with her changed from being my brother's wife to being my chalitza. All the other brothers, they didn't do anything to change their original arias with her. So she remains brother's wife. Alatzara, what about the tzara of your chalitza? Beinhu ubeina achin chayoban alatzara karis. Then chayav karis across the board. Says, no. Let me tell you. Once one brother does chalitza, what happens is, for the entire mishpacha, the name brother's wife falls off, and now she becomes my brother's chalitza. She becomes my brother's chalitza. It completely changes. Okay? Now, what's the reason for all this? My time with the Reish Lakish. What's the reason for Reish Lakish's opinion? Again, we had a machlekes Reish Lakish in her bechin. Reish Lakish just said, the one who did chalitza is forbidden with a lot. Everybody else is chayv karis. What's his svara? What's his logic? Any house which you don't build from your brother's marriage, okay? Instead, you did chalitza. Which means, once you chose to do chalitza, you're not going to build your brother's house. You're not allowed to do it again. What's not allowed mean? It's a love. Does it say there's kares? No, it changed. Now, who, which woman and which man, which brother made it that the brother's house is not going to be built? The brother who did chalitza. But the brothers who did not do chalitza, so this whole pasuk of layivna, bias didn't come. And therefore, they remain with the original prohibition, the Kari's prohibition, uh, 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 to the other brothers. And who does the Kari, and, and who remains with this transgression? Her herself, the one that was doing Kami. But her Tsaras remain with the original Kari. So whoever you didn't do, whoever you did Chalitza on, she's the one who takes on this new Pasuk. Because you chose to do chalitza, you're not going to build your father's house. But any woman who you didn't make an action of 
not to build the house with retains the original status of Karis. That's, the, that's why Reish Lakish holds what he holds. Rabbi Echanan, but Rabbi Echanan says that, no, when you do chalitza on a woman, guess what happens? Karis remains in place for everybody. For Rabbi Echanan, Rabbi Echanan says to Reish Lakish, I'll tell you why I argue on you, my beloved brother-in-law. He says, Mi ika midi, show me any other case. Do you ever find the circumstance? Demei ikara, originally, Iboy haichalitz, Iboy haichalitz. You had two women fall to the brothers in Yibam. I could have done chalitza on either one. Viboy lahaychalitz, viboy lahaychalitz. And the other brothers also. Really, we start with the older brother when it comes to Yibam or chalitza. But any brother could jump the gun. If I'm the baby brother, I could jump the gun and do Yibam or chalitza. I'm allowed to do that. So really, I'll pee reality. According to reality, every single brother is in a situation of both opportunity of Yibam and chalitza for this woman. And now you're going to tell me, you're including the parsha of Yibam Chalitza, so now we're, we, we're, we've kind of entered an element of love, but because one brother did something, now she's going to remain a Chiyiv Kares? No. It doesn't make any sense. Because you did something, I'm now... No. Here's how it works. When one brother does Chalitza, you know what that is? That's Chalitza on behalf of him and the Gansa Mishbuche. The whole family. It's like you're doing chalitza for all the brothers. And the chalitza also, as soon as chalitza is done, chalitza is done on her and all the co-wives that existed as well. So it's like, it's like one brother acting on behalf of everybody else, one wife acting on behalf of everybody else. And therefore, there's no longer kares on anybody. Every single brother and every single wife slash co-wife enters now the name of Chalitza, and there's only a lav, there's no kares. That is the opinion of Reb Yechim. Okay. So beautiful. We have Reish Lakish's reason why he holds kares is still in place, because the Pasuk only applies to the wife who didn't build the house, while over here we have Reb Yechanan's approach where he says no. One brother's a shliach, a message to everybody else. This wife's a shliach for all the women. Now keep in mind, this makes a lot of sense because Alpi Allah, once a brother does chalitza, none of the other brothers have to do it. She's a chalitza from everybody, Lemaisa. That's really what happens. Otherwise, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you why this makes sense. If, if one brother does want to marry her and another brother wants to do yibum, is there chalitza? No. The br- if you have five brothers left, and there's a Yavama who falls. One brother chooses to Yibam. Do the other four brothers need to do Chalitza on her? No. Right? They don't do Chalitza. She's now your other brother's wife. Right? She's just married to your second brother. There's no Chalitza. That's done. Chalitza is only done to like sever a bond, really, with the whole family. When one brother does Chalitza, nobody else has to do Chalitza. They're all off the hook. So the Svarah of Rabbi Echanan holds a lot of weight in, uh, in, in the way that Yibam and Chalitza are actually performed. Okay. who says that everybody enters a category of love. Ask the challenging question on his brother-in-law, Rabbi Reish Lakish. First does Chalitza on his Yavama, and then he goes back and marries her. Now, is he allowed to? No. Do we know yet whether it's a love or a karis? No. Umeis, and then he dies. She needs Chalitza from the brothers. Now, whoa, listen to what happened. One brother did chalitza and then married her. 
forbidden. But then he dies. The other brothers have chalitza now. And now, if there's going to be chalitza, let's just explain what the Gemara's point is going to be. If there's chalitza, that means your marriage to her was valid. By any kare's penalty, the marriage is not even valid. If it's a simple love, it's valid. So for the fact that we're saying that she's going to need chalitza from the brothers, it seems to be there's only a love in place to marry your chalitza. Which is approved to Rabbi Let's read this inside. Bishlam aladidi says Rabbi Yechina, it makes sense according to me, that I mean, the whole thing's a love. That's why it makes sense. Okay, the brother wasn't supposed to marry her, but he did. And it was a valid marriage, so she's got to get chalitza from the brothers. But according to Yerush Lakish, why do you got to do chalitza? She wasn't allowed to marry the other brother, and he was chayim kareis. The marriage should never have been valid at all. Why is there chalitza? Good kasha. Says Reish Lakish, one second, according to your approach, say the seifa, if one of the brothers gets up and marries her, what does that mean? Nothing happens. It's completely not valid. Now, completely not valid. If it was a love, it should be valid. So instead of answering Instead of Rish Lakish answering, he's coming back with his own question, like a good Jew. And he says, If you'd be right, that we're only dealing with the Chai of Lav, why is it not a marriage at all? It should be a valid, forbidden marriage. Like a Kayan marrying a divorcee. It's forbidden, but it's valid. Amar of Sheish says, if Sheish is going to say, No, Seif HaSong Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva doesn't agree with that, Allah. Because Rebbe Akiva says, Taka, there's no valid marriage even by a Lav. Tamar ein kedushin taifsim bechavilav, and he also kedushin does not even uh, d- d- does not even uh, take effect by chavilav. Okay, and memela, that's why nothing happens because because uh, um, b- because the whole marriage wasn't valid. Says the Gemara of Elisi of Divrei Akiva ein loyalav klum. So then, why did the Brisa? Why doesn't the Brisa quote Rabbi Akiva? Let the Brisa say, according to Rabbi Akiva, you don't need, but according to everybody else, maybe you should need chalitza from the brothers. Says the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf, Kasha, you have a good question, but we're not backing off. We hear your question, it bothers you that the Bryce doesn't quote Rabbi Akiva straight out, Beseder, let it bother you, it's a good question. Over the Misa, it doesn't change Rabbi Yechanan's opportunity to respond to Reish Lakish by saying, you have no proof. Again, Reish Lakish asks on Rabbi Yechanan, I, I have a proof that there's a Kares. Because if it would be alive, why, why, why don't you do Chalitza? You should have to do Chalitza. No. He yells like Rabbi Akiva. Why didn't you say that? Eh, we didn't say it. For whatever reason, we didn't say it. But he's sticking to his gun, and we're sticking with, well, we're sticking with that approach. Beautiful. We'll hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, tomorrow, at, tomorrow's Erev Shabbos, at 12.15 Central Time, we will pick up, continuing on, discussing this Machlekes between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan. Have a wonderful wonderful Purim, a spiritual Purim, a happy Purim, a Purim where we constantly grow closer and closer to our Creator. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.